This is Carlin Borisenko, and you are listening to the Actively Unwoke podcast. Hey, listen, before we get into this episode, I am looking for sponsors of this year podcast. And basically what that means is I want to shill your stuff to my listeners in exchange for you supporting the content that I'm creating and doing. Now, I, I normally don't do sponsorship for my work, but I'm, I'm trying out something new. And if you would like to get in on the ground floor of that, you can reach out to me at Carlin, K-A-R. L-Y-N at activelyunwoke.com. And we can talk about what that looks like. And I look forward to hearing from you. All right. I want to talk about what I think is one of the most misunderstood parts of what this woke menace is. Because, and I have to admit, I started on one side of this issue. And in the two plus years that I have been immersed in fighting back against the woke and understanding woke culture, I've mi- I've migrated over to that other side. And, and here's what it is, is that most people think that being woke is something that is exclusively tied with being a part of the progressive left. And mostly that's true. I do believe that most of the woke nonsense that we encounter in the world, whether that be in schools or in workplaces or in government or what have you, does come from the progressive left. That is absolutely 100% true. However, that's not to say that the conservative right or the alt-right, and those are not the same thing, by the way, the conservative right and alt-right are absolutely susceptible to being woke. Woke is not necessarily about a political ideology. It's not about whether you vote for Democrat or Republican or anything else in between. How I define woke is a fundamentally authoritarian ideology. Now, this might sound confusing to people who think, oh, well, this just comes from the woke left and it's all about social justice and being aware of the injustices that exist in the world and then engaging in woke tactics in order to be able to correct, quote unquote, those injustices. That is absolutely one definition of woke. It's just not my definition. Because how I approach this topic is I am looking at it from a highly practical standpoint of how it manifests in the real world. And so I'm not going to accept a definition of woke being only about waking up to social injustices. And that's a definition that's shilled by both the left and the right. I'm not going to accept that definition because that's not what it's about. It might be what the left wants you to think that it's about with all of their social justice organizations and all of their social justice activists. And of course, they use that definition in order to be able to paint woke as a good thing, right? They want more people to be woke sometimes, although this is changing. They used to do this a lot more than they do it now. Sometimes they they use the, the term woke to describe themselves. Why would someone use a term to describe themselves unless they thought that was a good thing? right? And so when people say that woke is all about just being aware of the social inequities that exist in the world, well, what that really means is that you're on their side. They want to paint it in the best possible light. But functionally and how it practically manifests in the real world, that's not what it is. And if I have to give you an example of how I see woke practically manifesting in the real world, I'm going to go directly to cancel culture. 
I'm going to go directly to cancel mobs that are trying to force people to agree with their ideology and providing consequences of cancellation or social ostracization or mean tweets or mean emails or any of the other elements that might encompass your your uh, casual cancellation or or severe cancellation as the case may be. That's what I think of when I think of woke. I think of an authoritarian ideology that wants to force other people to adhere to their views of the world. And this happens on the left, and it happens on the right, too. I first became aware of woke when Donald Trump was in office. And listen, I used to hate Trump. If you read my book, I talk about how I was one of those people that cried when Donald Trump was elected. I was a Democrat for 20 years. It was a deeply traumatic experience for me to realize how much my media had lied to me about. They, they always said, like, Trump doesn't have a chance. Trump doesn't have a chance. And I believed that. I cried when he was elected. I didn't like him at all up until the very end of his presidency, or at least the first term. He might get a second one. Who knows? But I didn't really like him at all up until um, up until he signed an executive order banning critical race theory from the federal government. That was my turning point with Trump. But that happened almost at the end of his of his term. But I tell you this to share that when I first encountered woke. I encountered it as someone who was on the left, who was watching the political left engage in these absolutely insane behaviors of canceling their friends, canceling their families, making making demands of people that were, frankly, just completely unreasonable, whether they be someone that they knew in person or, frankly, total strangers. I encountered the woke ideology when I saw mobs of people in the knitting world of all places, canceling complete and total strangers because they didn't like the words they used in a blog post or they refused to put the right words on their website or they even canceled one person for not saying anything at all because the woke ideology believes that not only can words be violence, but also that silence is violence. So that's where I encountered it. And that, I think, is where it does rear its head. And for throughout 2020, I was pretty deeply involved with the uh, with with the the MAGA movement, actually, which is words I never thought I would say, by the way. Um, and I I was involved in that because I had a vi art article go viral on the internet about being a Democrat who went to a Trump rally, and all of a sudden I was swept up into this world of kind of shilling for the political right, and I never quite fully agreed with the political right, but. I hated what the political left was doing. So it was like a default thing, right? I was like, oh my God, like both sides kind of suck, but one is a little less evil than others. And so I really throughout 2020, when I was shilling for the right and shilling, quite frankly, for Trump, I didn't want to see the same type of authoritarianism on the left that I had encountered on the right. Like this was my only refuge was this was this was the side that okay maybe they're not perfect and maybe I didn't agree with them on everything or maybe even like 50% of things but at least they weren't crazy and they weren't bullying people and they weren't mobbing people and they weren't demanding that people bend the knee to their political ideology well guess what that changed after Joe Biden took office you know I'm a child of the 90s okay I was born in the 80s I'm a little bit older than that 
But my formative years that I remember were in the 90s. And I remember when the political right was canceling and canceling people, canceling the Dixie Chicks. I mean, I recently had a conversation about a month ago with a lifelong conservative who said, Carlin, the conservatives are the originators of cancel culture. Do you remember what they did with the Dixie Chicks when they were speaking out against the Iraq war? And yeah, I do remember they canceled the hell out of them. And it was always that authoritarian mentality on the right that it was that authoritarian mentality on the right that made me a Democrat in the first place. I remember when the political right was trying to cancel art it didn't like, was trying to prevent me from listening to music I wanted to listen to, was trying to cancel violent video games because they perceived those to be the downfall of society. So fast forward about 20 years and I ended up on the con- on the conservative right, even though I didn't really fit in, I didn't really belong, shilling for them. And in 2020, it was fine. But after Trump left office, it was like they got into a time machine and went back to this moral majority thing that they were doing in the 90s. And it started with the simplest of things. It was like just things here and there that you would see. Like for the first thing that happened was they canceled Chrissy Teigen. Now, I'm not a Chrissy Teigen fan by any stretch of the imagination, but right around the, I believe it was right after the inauguration, they proactively went back to tweets two years old to have a reason to form a cancel mob for Chrissy Teigen. And again, though I'm not necessarily a Chrissy Teigen fan, and I do believe that the tweets that she sent two years ago were really bad. The fact of the matter is, there was no urgency with this cancellation. There was no reason for this cancellation. It was just retribution. That's all it was. So I can look at Chrissy Teigen's behavior and I can disagree with the tweets that she sent two years ago, but I can also look at the conservative right and say, you guys are no better than the woke left. Why are you going back two years for an arbitrary cancellation? And I've seen this behavior again and again and again and again and again, and it's escalating. It is getting worse. And my warning to anyone who might be on the political right that is listening to this, because I know you don't want to hear me tell you this, but your side is becoming no different than the woke left. Just the other day, there was a drag show in Texas that went viral on the internet. Now, listen, I'm not I'm not a fan of, of drag shows in general, and I'm certainly not a fan of bringing children to drag shows. I don't believe that should be happening. But what was disturbing to me was watching a lot of conservative influencers not only posting about this content, dragging it, but they were actually showing up at this drag show in Texas where, again, woke left parents were bringing their kids. And again, I don't condone that. But you know what I also don't condone is woke right influencers showing up at this show in Texas, bringing mobs of people in them, demanding, you repent, you repent for your sins. You must agree with us. You are horrible, vile people. They were literally descending on people outside of this event. Now, if you have a mob of people coming up to you with video cameras and microphones and and people wearing, young men wearing MAGA hats and saying, repent, 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 what does that look like to you? That's exactly what happened. That's what happened. And so in this instance, 
I don't believe that either side is correct. I don't believe it's correct for the woke left to be grooming children, to be exposing them to sexually explicit content when they're so young. And most of those kids did not want to be at that drag show. Let's just be honest about it. They wanted to be playing video games or doing whatever it is kids do. So that's not correct. But it's also not correct for the woke right to show up with mobs of people and video cameras and accosting people and surrounding people and trying to pressure them in the same way that the woke left was pressuring diners during the Black Lives Matters marches. If you remember during 2020 when all these Black Lives Matter marches were happening, what would happen is people would be outside dining, trying to have a nice night out, and these mobs of BLM activists, who are usually white, of course, would descend on these diners, holding their fists in the air and trying to make the diners raise up and raise their fists. And some of them did and some of them didn't. And when a diner refused to raise their fist in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, the BLM mob would surround them and get right in their faces and try to pressure them into doing it. And that was wrong. And that shouldn't have happened. But that's exactly what happened with the right the other day in Texas. So the point I'm trying to make with this is that authoritarianism can exist on both sides. There is There are authoritarians on the progressive left. There are authoritarians on the conservative right. And though they do have very different beliefs in terms of their behavior and in terms of how they show up in the world, they are deeply, deeply similar in how they act. This is something that we must be aware of. Now, I firmly believe that the woke left is much more dangerous than the woke right. They're significantly more dangerous, but I'm going to explain why. It's not because the sides are different. The sides are the same. They act the same. They do the same thing. They are the same. However, the reason the woke left is more dangerous than the right is that the woke left holds all the political power. They control all the institutions. They control government. They control media. They control education. They control entertainment. They control the churches. They control corporate America. They control everything. They control big tech. Oh my gosh, one of the worst things that they control. So while practically speaking, their behaviors are not different, the fact that the woke left controls everything is the thing that makes them more dangerous. However, here's what keeps me up at night. If the woke right is no different than the woke left in terms of how they behave, what happens if we manage to get the woke left out of power? You know, I'm an organizational psychologist, so I think about things in terms of staffing. Sometimes I think about things in terms of just really highly practical considerations of, okay, if someone gets fired from that position, who are we filling that position with? Do we have an applicant pool? Is there staffing that's available for that? The thing that keeps me up at night is this. I want every single woke, indoctrinated leftist to be pulled out of any position of power that they have, no matter what institution. Because as long as woke leftists are in positions of power, That means they are going to continue to force this ideology on all of us, and it will constantly be an uphill battle. But say we get them out of positions of power. Who do we fill those positions with? 
This is the most terrifying thing. I'm sorry if I'm about to give you nightmares. But who do we fill those positions with? Because we can't just take someone on the woke left out of power and then pop someone on the woke right into that position. Now, I think that the right is a ways behind the left in terms of the overall uh, the overall susceptibility of people on the right to being woke. I think it's a much smaller percentage of people. However, the people who are woke on the right, they're the loudest people. They're the influencers. They're the ones that are getting the most attention. And quite frankly, they are the ones that are most likely to be put in those positions of power if we manage to remove someone on the left from that position of power. And so what happens then? We've only replaced woke with woke. Woke on the right is not better than woke on the left. It's still woke. It's still an authoritarian ideology. I'll give you one more example of this. Ron DeSantis in Florida. Essentially, once he got put into a position of power in terms of being the governor of Florida and having all the branches of government be Republican, what did they do? They went after Disney for protected political speech. They penalized a private company for protected political speech. Now, I don't like Disney. I don't like being in a position of having to defend Disney. I'm quite frankly really pissed that the Republican governor of Florida has put me in a position of having to defend Disney. But the fact of the matter is that Disney is allowed to do whatever it wants as a private company. You might not like it. I would encourage you not to visit their theme parks. I would encourage you not to invest in their content. I would encourage you to cancel your Disney Plus subscriptions. I would encourage you not to allow your children to watch it at all. That's how that should be handled. It shouldn't be handled from an authoritarian perspective of the governor of Florida legally and politically going after a private company because that private company engaged in protected speech. That is a woke tactic. It is a woke tactic to use political power to punish your political enemies for speech, for speech you do not like. And here's here's the problem with this. What what happens the next time a business engages in speech that is critical of the government and that government decides well business you don't like what we're doing we're going to punish you for it we're going to force you to pay more taxes because you engaged in speech that was critical of the government that is a blatant violation of the first amendment and whether or not you agree with disney or whether you don't my big issue is with the authoritarian tactic of using political power in order to go after a political enemy that used to be a tactic that we were reserving for people on the woke left. And now it's migrated over to people on the woke right. And this is something that should make everyone nervous. Because when we start playing games where elected government officials are retaliating against private citizens and private businesses for speech they don't like, that is a fundamentally authoritarian tactic that silences protected speech. We should all be on the same page with the First Amendment. I don't know how we've gotten to this. I don't know how so many people have forgotten that the only speech that needs protection is speech that someone 
will find offensive. If no one finds your speech offensive, it doesn't need protection at all. So the point of this is that I don't know which political side you're on, but I do know that whatever side you're on, you do have authoritarians in your mix. And it's important to be honest about this. It is important to say that authoritarianism is wrong, no matter which side you're coming from. We need to be able to exist in an environment where we can be critical of one another without there being retaliation. We need to be able to exist in an environment where we can disagree politically or even practically speaking on what the best strategies are, but that you don't get canceled as a result of that disagreement by whoever holds the political muscle in that situation. And until we all make the decision to say, we need to learn to have a live and let live society, we are going to be going down this woke rabbit hole until we as a collective choose to stop. You know, I'm a libertarian and the reason I became a libertarian is because it's not necessarily that I'm an anarchist, though I'll be honest, I'm moving more and more towards anarchism every single day of the week, given the way things are going. But it wasn't because I'm an anarchist. It wasn't because I want to completely dissolve the government. I'm not entirely sure that's a good idea. The reason I became a libertarian is because I do not believe that I should that I should use the force of the state in order to force other people to live my way. You know, I don't want to live in a communist society. I don't want to live in a socialist society. But some people do. Some people do. Some people think that's a better way to live. You know what I would like to do? I would like to go allow those people to go live in their little socialist communist utopia somewhere in the United States. That's not where I'm living. I mean, I, I we can basically turn over the state of Vermont to them, if we're honest. Like, Vermont can be the land of socialist utopia. And send all the people who want to live in that type of society to Vermont or to California or any other uber. New York would also be a great option. There are all these uber progressive states that we can just send those people off to. And as long as they're not forcing me to live by their little socialist communist standard and I can stay in New Hampshire and be left alone to live how I want to live, then who cares how they want to live? If they want to create societies that are that are downright destructive, as I think many people might listening to this podcast might believe that uh, the socialist or communist utopia would be, but they want to do that and they're doing it voluntarily, then let them have their little communist homeland. I should not be using the power of the state to force other people to live my way, even if I dramatically disagree with how they're living. The problem is not that they're living how they want to live. The problem starts when they try to force me or you or your next door neighbor or your husband or your wife or your kids or your spouse or your dog. The problem comes when they try to force you to live by their standards. That is authoritarianism. I don't know what the future of this country looks like given the way things are, given the fact that neither side really seems content to allow the other side to live how they want to live. 
Everyone wants to gain as much power as possible. Everyone wants to force the other side to live the way they would. I don't think that's a good thing. And certainly that's where my definition of woke stops and ends. It's not about social justice. It's not about fairness. Being woke is just about being an authoritarian. And you can be an authoritarian on the left and you can be an authoritarian on the right. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Our goal has got to be to figure out what we want and what we value. And then try to find other people who feel the same way and form communities around that. That's why I live in New Hampshire with the Libertarians, with the Free State Project, because there are a group of people here that I share values with and that no one wants to force me to live the way they would. And I'm not going to force them to do, do it either. Try an experiment. Try finding someone that you diametrically oppose politically. And then do a thought experiment around if you would force that person through political will to live your way. And why would you need to do that? Why would you need to force someone using the power of the government to live the way you want to live? Why isn't it enough that they're not forcing you to live the way they want to live? If we cannot embrace a live and let live world in which we are comfortable with people making different decisions than us, then we will never beat back the woke menace. And so to conclude, while I do think the woke left is much more dangerous right now simply because of the amount of power they have, do not be fooled into thinking that the right is any less dangerous because they're not. Our job has got to be to wake more people up and to find more people who truly believe that we should be living in a live and let live society where we can disagree, we can have rigorous discussion and debate, but at the end of the day, we can go our own ways and do what we want to do and not force each other to do anything. Think about that. Think about how you might be forcing other people to try to live by your ideology in your life. And then really be honest with yourself about why it's not enough for you to just live the way you want to live, as long as people are not for trying to force you to live their way. To be unwoke is to be anti-authoritarian. Some might say it's to be libertarian, but I won't push you that far just yet. All right, guys, that's all I've got for this one. Again, if you would like to learn more about the woke ideology, I wrote a little book for you. It's aptly called Actively Unwoke, the ultimate guide for fighting back against the woke insanity in your life. It is available right now. You can find links to purchase on activelyunwoke.com. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, your independent booksellers, wherever books are sold. That's all I've got for this time. We'll see you soon.